0: The Houston Texans hired Lovey Smith. I'm pretty sure none of y'all didn't see that coming. Pretty sure none of y'all didn't see that coming. I remember last year um when they when they hired um coach Cully, coach David Cully, who they fired. And when they brought in Lovey Smith, I was like, "Man, why didn't they just hire Lovey Smith? Why didn't they just hire him? He's a proven winner. You know, he coached he's a real good defensive coach, brilliant defensive coach. I'm telling you, those Chicago Bears teams that he coached they couldn't get the quarterback position right they couldn't get it right (laughs) you know whether it feels with rex grossman um um jay cutler um yeah you know everybody thought they was was gonna get it right with jay cutler man but jay cutler man like jay cutler was a hit and miss at times but you know um Man, he just couldn't get the quarterback position right. But his defense, run game, special teams, oh, man. That, I'm t- I tell you, if he um, – well, I'm not going to say if he can bring that to the table for this Texans team, that they, they might be able to do some damage. But I think the defense last year – you know despite all the chaos that was going on i think they showed a few bright spots you know they 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 did give up a lot of yards but what defense doesn't give up a lot of yards these days right now it's all about turnovers it's all about turnovers and they were the texans were a top 10 team as far as getting turnovers so that's a good thing that's a real good thing um but yeah you know um this 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 the hiring of lovey smith it <laughs> Like you hear, what's amazing is that you hear from different people or who say they have sources, sources says this, and sources say that, but sources don't know Jack because sources can't rap. Okay, you know, they say, yeah, the Texas, the top three finalists were, um, who was it? it was Flores, uh, the, 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 the coach from the Rams, and um, it was another guy. I forgot who it was, but, um, Said those three guys were the finalists. Oh, oh, Josh McCown, of course. You know, that's what's been re- reported. But then Brian Flores, you know, then all of a sudden, Lovey Smith. It's Lovey Smith. It's weird, man. It's weird. But, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for Lovey Smith. Um, this still does feels like a, um, this still feels like one of those um stopgap coaches. Like, this is what they're using him for. And it sucks if that's what they're using him for because Lovey Smith is a brilliant coach. He's a good coach. And, you know, the fact that this is the second Nick Serio's second year in a row where he's, you know, doing a head coaching job, searching for a head coach, it's not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. Um, the reason why it's not good because, you know, hey man, um you got some GMs only last one year. What's his name? Chris Gaines. He was only here for one season. Didn't really get to do much. One season. So Nick Casario, he, he fired David Cully on purpose because of philosoph- philosophical differences. Well y'all can't come y'all couldn't come to a common ground. You know, to me that's showing that, you know, you have um you, you remember what um Michael Scott said? He says good managers inspire they don't fire you know i mean he said such throughout the season and when he was hired he said such said, said such wonderful things about coach cully and so that's why it was a surprise like okay they fired him because of that you know and the fact that nobody's been calling coach cully to come in for any head coaching interviews goes to show you man like we the texans pretty pretty much dropped the ball on that like I think Dave Cully is a good person. I mean, I don't know him, but I think he is a good person. I have no reason to believe he's not a good human being. But there's a lot of good human beings, it's a, but they should not be head football coaches. He had no experience as a head football coach. He didn't seem to have a desire to be a head football coach. You hadn't heard about him getting interviews as a head football coach prior to the Texans interviewing him. Now, maybe they saw, saw something that others didn't. But the thing about it is this, man. When, you have, when, you, when you're out there trying to just see things that other people can't see all the time, that that I don't think that is gonna work because it's not consistent. If you're consistently seeing things that others are not seeing, you it better be something big. God dog it. But the fact that you went out and hired him and he he's only he only kept him for one year, yeah, that goes to show you not you're not all that. You know you're not smarter than everyone. Um, but you know if you're Nick Casario, you know hey man um. This this is it. You know, and lose yourself in the moment. You only get one shot when Nick Casario's getting a second shot. So you mean to tell me those 20 years in the New England, this is how y'all did things in hiring coaches? This is how y'all did it? That's how you did it? Like, even if they're not trying to install a completely patriot way, way culture, but the thing about it is, people, you're going to try to install what you know. You know, it's just like if you become a parent – you know, based on how you was brought up as a kid, that's going to determine how you how you're going to be raising your kids. whether well, if you do or you don't or whatever. So with Nick Casario, let's say he did not like the way things was ran in New England and he's trying to do things the opposite. Well, dang, dude, like what's what's up? What is this? And, you know, people say, you know, Nick Casario, you know, well, you know, I like a coach who keeps everybody in the dark. OK. OK. But those same people are the ones who are talking ish about Deshaun Watson and stuff, right? Because technically, hey, Casario and Deshaun Watson, if that's the case, are good, great at keeping people in the dark. We haven't heard any statements from out of Deshaun Watson's mouth about what's going on. Just like, you know, um, people say they hadn't heard stuff out of Nick Casario's mouth. That's the reporters. That's the media. Well, maybe it's the media who's making up this stuff about Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you subscribe to, to okay, well, Nick Serio didn't say it. Okay, well, what about, like, Deshaun Watson didn't say this. We're hearing what's being reported. We heard what's being reported that McCown, Flores, and the guy from the Rams were the three finalists. Lovey Smith was never even in consideration. You feel me? So, you can speculate, but that's not what was being reported. I mean, this was even the Houston Texans Twitter page, their website, you know. These these guys who got interviews, these coaches got interviews. We didn't hear about Lovey Smith getting interviewed, you know. But winning winning cures all. <laughs> winning a damn Super Bowl will cure it all. So just go out there and win a damn Super Bowl, Texans. Just go out there and win a damn Super Bowl. But I would say this, man. Like, if McCown was their guy. If he was their guy, their dude. You know, go all in on it. That's my thing, because once again, if you're Nick Casario, like I don't know, does he has like does he have like unlimited lives as as a GM for the Texans? Because if you did all your research, dedicated three interviews in one season to Josh McCown and you did not hire him because of blowback from fans? But then you don't care about winning. It's not illegal to hire Josh McCown. Would you get blowback? Yeah. You're going to get blowback who, no matter who you, who you bring in. But I tell you what, here's what cures that blowback, that backlash. You want to know what cures that? Come here. Come here closer, let me tell you. Winning. Winning cures that. It does. Most fans, they don't know ish about the coaches. They don't. What they know is what is reported currently on social media or what somebody or some meme that somebody has all right but i'm telling you if josh mccown was that dude listen don't bring josh mccown as a quarterback coach or to be on lovey smith's staff no he should not be on the staff you know why because y'all was gonna hire him as a head coach like so is this supposed to be some some you know lovey Smith supposed to be Morpheus and Josh McCown supposed to be Neo. This the Matrix. I understand the way the Texans operate in the front office and in and on the field is about as confusing as the Matrix. I understand, but come on now. Lovie Smith deserves more than a Morpheus role, and I love Morpheus the character. Lovie Smith has the potential to be the one. What I mean by the one, the one to bring a Super Bowl to a team. You know why? Because he got the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they lost to Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning, and Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and them boys, right? But, you know, man, like, but if that's your guy, like, who gives a damn what everybody else says? You know, like, oh, because, you know, I mean, if if, if it's somebody that you believe that is the one and you did your due diligence in your research, okay, you go for it. You go for it, man. You know, we don't want to hear this crap, you know, years from now. We was going to hire Josh McCown, but, you know, we did because of fan backlash. You know, when the Texans drafted J.J. Watt, most of the fans booed because they wanted Nick Fairley. You you understand what I'm saying? A lot of people got booed and all this stuff, and you know, and you st- teams, you know, the Texans, here's the thing. The Texans, <laughs> see, here's why I don't believe the Texans were strong. Well, yeah, I don't believe they were strong going into High and Levy smith Because check this out. Fans want Jack Easterby out. They want Easterby out. And that's the root of the whole, them getting part of, this. part of the reason why they were, that's part of the reason why a lot of people was upset with the Josh McCown potentially being the head coach because they're letting Easterby run things, man. But Easterby's still there. He's still there. Fans been clamoring that they don't want to be Patriots South. They still trying to be Patriots. They still bringing everybody from the Patriots. So the way I look at it is like, I don't know. You know, in this beautiful thing called life, you know, I really do believe that patience, man, patience is 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 key. Is major to a lot of things that have to happen. Like you know, too early. Guess what? You miss out. Too late, you miss out. It's all about timing. But patience is very, very key. You know, with with Brian Flores, here's the thing with the lawsuit. Man, like I'm not saying he should not have done the lawsuit. That's his business. He has a right to stand up for what he believes in. You know, because here's the thing with Brian Flores, man. Um, you know that I I, I can't. I'm not in the know. I go based on what's being reported, and then a lot of over half the time, what's being reported is far from the truth because the person who's reporting it, he or she may have some type of freaking agenda. Whether if that's against Brian Flores or against the Miami Dolphins, against the New York Giants, against the Denver Broncos, or against somebody, against somebody because of race, against somebody because of their height or their size or weight. So the thing about it is, you know, he but he feels that. He was wrong, and guess what? That young man has a right to defend himself. He's not doing anything, anything illegal. He's had he has a right to defend himself. At the same time, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you have a right to defend yourself. If you're on Stephen Ross, um, if you're John Elway, you have the right to defend yourself. You know if somebody you had in an interview is called calling saying that you came in with drunk eyes and alcoholic eyes and stuff hell if you've seen john elway i mean his eyes always kind of look like that i don't know if he's an alcoholic or not that's his business as long as whatever he does or drinks it doesn't endanger himself and others most importantly others you know hey whatever man but um you know it's it's one of those things like once you um have a pending lawsuit against somebody more than likely you're not going to be able to continue to work to to well especially if you are already a free agent coach well that's going to be a red flag for people to hire you that's not saying you're a bad seed or a bad apple but what it is saying is that you have a pending lawsuit and you ra- you want that to get taken care of Th- that's that's what I'm thinking you want that to get taken care of because that's going to be a distraction lawsuits takes time and effort you know, time and money—that's going to be a distraction, man. But you know, if if Steven Ross was paying him to lose games, you know, one of my questions is—is is that did you take the money? I haven't heard heard, heard anything whether or not he took the money or not. You know, but you know, um, hey man, um, more power to Flores, man. He has a right to defend himself, to stand up however he feels the bet is the best way. You know, it's just like hey everybody's been in a fight before right you got one person you got a person who when this is how they fight they'll run and they'll try to tackle you you got another person they straight up put them hands on you you got some people they pick up something and hit you with it bottom line is you have a right to defend yourself i can't tell you oh you shouldn't pick up that two by four and hit that person if you're defending yourself hey man you trying to you defending yourself You feel like, hey, in order for me to win and get out with my life, I must hit this person with this two by four. Okay. Um, And I'm talking about justified reasons to fight. Okay. But I'm just saying like some. Hey, man, I have fingernails. So it's like, hey, I have the option. Hey, I could punch or if I need to, if my punch is not working, guess what? I'm going to claw your eyebrows out because God blessed me for a reason to continue to grow fingernails very long. Like I'm trying to win. This is not a boxing match. Hey, I'm I'm gonna kick you below the belt. You know, I'm defending myself. I'm not in a boxing match. There's no rules. You know, so Brian Flores, I mean, it, he's he's defending himself. So whether if you like it or not, um, but it it man. And and he's smart enough to understand that, hey you know, his career is, is not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. I'm not going to say he's never going to get an NFL job again because I hope he does get an NFL job. Because let me tell you something. If um Josh McDaniels can get an NFL job and what he has done, that's worse than what Brian Flores is doing. matter of fact, what Brian Flores is doing, I don't consider it even to ever even being in the same ballpark as worse because he was wrong and he's suing the NFL. Well, he, let me tell you something. Okay, um, Josh McDaniels has wronged the NFL on multiple occasions. spygate He was already part of the staff with New England. Okay, fine. Oh, spygate He brought it to the Denver Broncos, embarrassing the Denver Broncos organization. I'm glad the Broncos fired him. That's why they fired him. The owner of the Broncos said, man, we don't do this kind of ish here, man. Take that ish back to New England or whatever. You know? Then he do gets hired by the Colts and... You got coaches from other staff who came along, who's coming to be on McDaniel's staff, and then he changes his mind. Now he's the coaching the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm not making this ish up, people. So the way I look at it, if Josh McDaniels can continue to, to get head coaching gigs, I mean, I think after this lawsuit is over, okay, um, Brian Flores should still be able to be a head coach in this league. Seriously. I'm not going to even say just the coordinator because Josh McDaniels is because at first it's like, well, Belichick, that's one of his guys. He brought him in. All right. That's offensive coordinator. But (laughs) dude is a head coach now, not in New England. You understand what I'm saying? So if he can do that, then Brian Flores should be able to have an opportunity to be a head coach as well. Once this lawsuit is over. All right. And I wish him luck on it. I wish him luck on it. Hopefully it sheds light on a lot of things. But the main thing about it, about the whole patience thing, what I was saying was cause a lot of times I deviate from what the hell I'm talking about. is the fact that had Brian Flores, let's say if the Texans, if the Texans were going to hire Josh McCown, if Brian Flores would have waited after the Texans hire Josh McCown, guess what? That would have shed even more light on his case. You know what I'm saying? It'll be like, see, I look at this. I told you. But at the same time, though, the fact that Josh McCown was even being considered to be a head coach. Like, he wasn't even the head coach at the high school. He was just a volunteer quarterback coach because his son is there. I'm willing to bet $100 that his, son's play, his son plays quarterback. So you're just out there supporting your kid, really, because you wouldn't have been the coach at, um one of the volunteer coaches if your kid wasn't there, you know? And you wasn't the head coach. If that's the case, the head coach of the high school team that he was volunteering at has more experience than him. You, you you understand so, but you know a lot of the, timing is key, man. Timing is so key in a lot of things in life, and I I do think that um. But but see the and the reason why I say you know allow the Texans you know let, let give people the chance to make an ass out of themselves. That's better than you you people can make an ass out of themselves more than you can make an ass out of them. So if the Texans was going to hire Josh McCown, let, let, let that play. You remember on Avengers Endgame? You know, Dr. Strange said, said hey, we, we got to let it play out this way. We got one in, in a 14 billion chance of winning. We got to let it play out this way. Even though people lost lives and stuff for five years. Then when they came back, um, Tony had to make the make the snap. Things had to go the way they go. He had to make Thanos think he was getting I am inevitable. <laughs> uh, so sometimes you, you got to let things play out. You got to let it play out. And I and I think had Flores allowed that to play out, I'm telling you, um, if the Texans would have hired McCown, then. Because, see, the Texans can always say, oh, that was a rumor. that You can't prove that. Like, Nick, you could say, well, yeah, we interviewed him, but it was, you know, the first interview got cut short, or it was for the quarterback position, you know, and stuff, you know. Because we knew Lovey was gonna take care of defense, special teams, and all of that, but we, we believed in Josh McCown, quarterback coach. They can they can always say that. Even though if it's not the truth or whatever, they can always say that. You know? It's all about what you can prove, right? But um I do think that um yeah, timing, patience is very, very key. It's very, very key. It's just like, hey man, if you're playing the piano, you play the wrong keys, it's not gonna sound the same, right? Exactly. The wrong notes, it's not gonna sound the same, right? Yeah. You know, the connection was there all along and we just didn't see it. And the media didn't really report on the connection. Think about it the connection. Lovey Smith, well, not only is he a good coach, but he also has something in common with Jack Easterby. Both are devout Christians. And we talked about this where, listen, I'm a Christian myself, but, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't believe that you should just only hire somebody based off their religious, his or her religious beliefs, because everybody. Everybody doesn't share the same religious beliefs. You know, the common goal, you know, you want to hire somebody who's a decent human being and the common goal is to try to win a Super Bowl. So I don't believe that what what your religion is should not hold weight on what's <coughs> on winning ball football games. You know what I'm saying? Because eventually we should be trying to get along and play along and work along with. With, with each other, you know, just like, hey, I don't think that somebody should just be hired or fired just because his or her race or gender or size or whatever, you know. Hey, it's all about the knowledge you got up here. Can you apply? It? Are you a good coach? Now, Lovey Smith has a good resume as a coach, especially for a coach who who unfortunately didn't get a chance to coach very good quarterbacks. He had Jay Cutler for a couple years, but. That wasn't a good mix, because when the Bears had Mike March, it was just different philosophical differences. We heard that term before, right, but um, you know, so everybody's talking about the whole everybody was so focused on the um connection between Easterby and McCown as far as being both being devout Christians. well, so is Lovey Smith, so is Lovey Smith, and I say that because maybe he was already couldn't could connected to be a finalist all along well i'm not gonna say official finalist. well we don't know because what i mean is is that hmm okay he's on the coaching staff he's a defensive coordinator so of course they have to have some type of talks about this right right or maybe not but he is a devout christian you can look it up and there's nothing wrong with that but um that that sh- that should have been mentioned also as well that should have been mentioned also as well you know we kept hearing about the connection with McCown because of Easter and McCown or devout Christians well we should have been hearing that about with Lovey Smith also and nobody's even bringing that up well shoot I'm bringing it up <laughs> I guess I'm the guy that was meant to bring it up right <laughs> but yeah that's but it's all good. I think Lovey Smith is gonna do a good job. I think he's gonna do a real good job. And hey, I'm looking forward to this season. You know, you know, by the Texans having a um, a last place schedule coming up, they could make the playoffs. They could make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be something. But real talk, um, I think most people, if you're in this situation, like no matter which narrative you believe or whatever, like you believe that Easterby is pulling the strings or you believe that the Texans, um, like if you believe that they hired Lovey Smith because he's a devout Christian, same as um, Jack Easterby and that's all type of players and coaches he wants on his team, you can believe that narrative. Um, guess what? You're still going to take the job. Um, if... You feel like, um, well, they only hiring Lovey because Brian Flores lawsuit. If you're Lovey Smith, you're still taking that job. If you are, if you believe, like, seriously, if you believe, a lot of people, if you believe that, well, he's just being hired just to be a token, well, if you're Lovey Smith, you're going to take that job. I'm going to tell you why. Because, you know, it was, it's it's funny, I I got this quote from a movie, um, Head of State with Chris Rock in this movie this way he was running for president and there was a uh, a part where uh the campaign was getting stressful and stuff and his campaign manager he asked him he told him he said well you can't quit and chris rock said quit that thought never crossed my mind he said i can't quit he said if i quit now if i quit now then they will you know it'll be 20 30 years before they even allow another black person to run for presidential office and and that's and that's true with this situation. If Lovey don't take the job, then you know what's gonna happen. People are gonna be like, you know, the then The internet, see the narrative with the NFL owners and all that stuff. The people who are responsible for hiring coaches, they're gonna be like, see, we offered him a chance. He declined it. That's all they're gonna see. It doesn't matter the reasons and all that. You know, people talk about keeping it real and all this. Well, you gotta keep it real. The way you know how to keep it real. Everybody's not going to be able to keep it real the same. So if you're a person who's who wouldn't take that job. Well understand this. You have to be in that situation. In order to say. In order to really. Do what you actually say you're going to do. You know. You have to are in a situation. That's on the same level as that. Okay. Think about this. You love you Smith. 63 years old. I mean he had. He didn't. I mean he came up through like. The, like some tough times in the NFL when they went there wasn't even any black head coaches or black quarterbacks, you understand. So it's a lot he's seen. All right, he's a good coach, a damn good coach. Like like I say, that Bears team phenomenal defense, you know. Just couldn't get, couldn't get the quarterback position right. Might have would have got a Super Bowl or two had he gotten the quarterback position right. But you know. He's representing like other minorities because let's say if the league is racist, hypothetically speaking, well, I gave him a chance. So, you know, he he ungrateful. So unfortunately, people like to classify other people based on what one person or two people does, you know? And then also, if you love your Smith, if there's a competitor, competitive edge that's in you, guess what? You go out there and you defy the odds. You go out there and you kick ass. You go win ball games. You understand? Like that still shouldn't stop you from doing your job. Sometimes it's not how you got there. You're there. Do your job. Now you have the opportunity to be on stage to show people. What what it is you're capable of, and you show them. You know, you think about Jackie Robinson. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody could not not have done what Jackie Robinson did. But had Jackie Robinson quit, guess what? Guess what? It would have been even harder for the next black black man to come play baseball. You, you get what I'm saying? You know, you think about Doug Williams. Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, you know, um, black quarterbacks were back in the day. You think about them, you know, had they just quit and just said, and just you know, well, let me go ahead and go play wide receiver because they say because I'm black, you know, I'm not smart enough, I do not possess the cognitive thinking skills to be able to be a quarterback to process a NFL playbook, which is very, very ridiculous because black people and other minorities. They're lawyers, surgeons, doctors, um, scientists, discovering things and stuff, but don't have the cognitive thinking to comprehend an NFL playbook. Come on now, because we all know the playbooks is not—it's more than just comprehending the playbook. You got to be able to execute it. Got to have the physical courage to, to execute that. But, like I say, everybody. If you was most people I know, if you're in that situation that Lovey Smith is in, you're going to go ahead and do it. You're going to coach. And once again, winning cures all winning cures all. I'm telling you winning cures all. But y'all, all y'all saying that y'all wouldn't have taken the job, you would have taken the job. You took you took the job that you at right now. So you mean tell me you wouldn't take a head coaching job, making millions and millions of dollars to coach a game? you take the job that you have right now so you wouldn't take that job like what job that you currently do you currently have now that makes you feel that well you're so righteous that when if you had the opportunity that Lovey smith has you wouldn't have you you wouldn't take the job what job do you currently work right now (laughs) all right exactly but you know a lot of times we say things that we're not going to really do because you're not in that situation, you know, it's just like the person who I'm not gonna go that deep with it, but I think you get it. I think you get it. So Texans fans, all right, but Lovey Smith is our coach, all right? Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if you don't want him as your coach or if you want him as your coach. And in the and in that whole swing big, big scheme of themes, it doesn't matter. Nick Casario's the GM or Jack used to be whatever the hell his position is and stuff. Or if you don't like Cal McNair, if you do like Cal McNair as the owner. What do you ultimately want, Texans fans? We want a Super Bowl. All right. Just because the people that I name do things differently than we would like them to do, it doesn't mean that they don't want a Super Bowl. But the common goal, it has to be getting the Super Bowl. It can't be, oh, yeah, it five ten year playing crap. No. It got to be to get a Super Bowl. And, you know, everybody's going to have a different role. Like, if you think about the, man, local Houston fans, all right, check this out. You think about the Houston Rockets teams that won back-to-back championships. Did everybody have the same role? No. Hakeem Olajuwon had his role. Dominate on defense, dominate on offense, be a leader. Brandon Maxwell had his role, be a leader, knock down three points, shut down people on defense. Kenny Smith had a leader, was, had his role, uh, facilitate the offense, play solid defense, knock down open three-point shots. Robert Ory, his role. Play good defense. Knock down open three point shots. Get the ball to a king. Well, all of them did job. Get the ball to a king. <laughs> you know that's the the common job that everybody had. That Elijah one didn't. Well, Elijah one still had. That was his job. Get the ball to me. The dream. Unbeatable. Unstoppable. Sam Cassell. Mario Eli. Come off that bench. Fire. Light the fuse. Okay. Spark off the bench. All right. Everybody has their role. Okay. You got to play it. You got to play it to the best of your ability. So, whatever Jack Easterby's role is, man, like, man, just play it to the best of your ability. Nick Casario, whatever your role is, play it to the best of your ability. Lovey Smith, play your role to the best of your ability. If everybody plays their role to the best of their ability. But also, though, you got to, the common goal has to be to win to get a Super Bowl, you know. So, you're going to have to compromise, it's not going to always go Easterby's way. It's not going to always go Casario's way. It's not going to always go McNair's way. It's not going to always go Lovey's way or anybody else's way. You got to be able to compromise. As long as you're not sacrificing, like, who you are morally as a human being, which at times, that's the thing when with Easterby, you know, religious guy. And there's nothing wrong with being religious. I'm religious. But the thing about it is he's a pastor, and he... he <laughs> You can see some of the players that he picked. It seems it seems like if they're not Christians, they can't play for the Texans. I don't like that part. Kim Elijah was Muslim, man. You have the players on the Rockets team were Christians. Guess what? They was able to win a championship. You know, it's all about finding a commonality amongst each other. You know, you got some players who need another chance and stuff, meaning like they may have gotten into some trouble. Maybe, maybe not. If if we can't draft players or sign players or trade for a player like that who's good, here's the thing, man. Like, if you're a religious person, you should believe in redemption because the Bible is full of characters, redeemable characters, right? But anyways, um, the common goal has to be to get a Super Bowl, and that's what we want, man. That's what we want. And Houston fans of the Houston Texans, if you're a Houston Texans fan, you've been wanting this. This is something that we didn't get from the Houston Oilers. They got a championship, but they didn't get a Super Bowl. So... We we're all not promised every day on this earth. <laughs> so when they say this, um, let's talk about this five year plan and rebuild. Hey, man, build now, build now. There are a lot of great houses that are are being built less than two years. You understand what I'm saying? Great, strong houses, foundation houses. OK, so let's do this. We do it big in Texas. Either go big or go home, go big. But, you know, that's what I believe, you know, the common goal is to get a Super Bowl. That's that's what we all want, man. You know, because when we're talking amongst friends and peers or enemies or whatever, and they bragging about their teams, like, for example, when you're talking to a Cowboys fan, like, we don't care about you no, know, no doggone on, salary cap money draft hall. You know, Cowboy fans, they got five Super Bowl rings, you know, and they get engaged in battle with a Texas fan. And like, hey, what's your Super Bowls? We need to get us a Super Bowl. OK, we need to get a Super Bowl because I, I don't care about the salary cap situation and all that, man. Work that stuff out. Bring in some winners. Like Mike Singletary said, I want winners. Well, we we, we want to win. Everybody loves a winner. Let's go. And the Miami Dolphins got their guy, Mike McDaniel. I think Mike McDaniel is going to do a good job over there. I, I think I think his style of offense, you know, that Mike Shanahan, Cal Shanahan, Gary Kubiak's style of offense, I think, is going to fit very, very well over there in Miami. I'm not saying it's going to be a complete duplicate, a replica of that, but you know, the fact that it's going to have some elements, I'm pretty sure it's going to have some elements of that. I think it's going to help Tua a lot. Get him in that bootleg, them play off the play actions. I think that run game is going to be awesome. I mean, they have a fun, they have a, they have a real good defense in Miami. Okay, if they can get that run game going, that's going to help them out a lot because that's going to help keep their defense off field and that's going to be able, allow them to be able to extend drives. So I think that's going to be good. That's going to be good for Tua as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what this Miami Dolphins team is going to do. Um they're probably going to start off struggling a bit because it's a new offense for Tua for that whole team, but I think they're going to I think they're going to be a real good team. I think they're going to be a good team, so Man, that's a real good hire. Mike McDaniel. I like Mike McDaniel. Um, I wish he could have came to the Texans. But, you know, the Texans, they he's, I don't think he's that kind of guy. And the thing about it is if you Mike McDaniel, you want to bring in, you know, your people. You know, which makes sense. Like the great Bill Parcell says, hey, man, you can't expect me to make a meal if I can't shop for the groceries. You know, because think about it, man. Like, let's say if you get your apples from Kroger. Alright, but the GM says, okay, I'm going to give you apples from Fiesta. And there's nothing wrong with apples from Fiesta, but there's a difference in some of them. Or let's say, hey man, you know, um, you know, it might be certain apples or a certain type of meat or seasoning that Kroger's or HEB sells that Fiesta doesn't sell. You know, so that's all, you know, or, you know, even with, you know, even with chocolate candy, you know, everybody, you know, every- Nestle's Crunch, and Hershey's don't taste the same. They're good, but they don't taste the same. But you say your recipe requires nested crunch. Don't give me no Hershey's. You're going to affect the taste of it. You're going to affect my product. You know, and i um, American gangster. What did um, <laughs> Denzel Washington tell Cuba Gooden Jr. Jr.? He said, man, you taking my product and diluting it. That got no problem with that, but you can't call it blue magic. I have a product. I stand by it. It's guaranteed. You can call it red magic for all I care. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I think that's a good hire for the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, next step for them is is draft, just like with the Texans. Let's see what they're gonna do in the draft. Let's see what they're gonna do in the draft. Yeah, right, Ryan, Ryan Clark says Um Russell Wilson We gotta stop talking about Russell Wilson as if he's the uh, all time great. Well, hmm. Yes and no. Is Russell Wilson an all-time great? Um, I'm, not, I'm not putting him at all-time great. Yet. Is he great right now? Yes. The reason why I say that because in that Super Bowl against the Patriots through the interception at the one, if, he was, if that was John Elway, we would say John Elway, not a smart play. Um, we wouldn't blame the coach. If that was Joe Montana, we wouldn't blame the coach. For that play, if that was Brett Favre, we wouldn't we wouldn't blame the coach for that play. If that was Tom Brady, we wouldn't blame Bill Belichick for that play. Who else? Who else? If that was Patrick Mahomes, we wouldn't blame Andy Reid for that play. We wouldn't. You know why? You know why I want to tell you why? Because. We see those players as being all If that was Dan Marino, we wouldn't blame the head coach for that play. Troy Aikman. we wouldn't blame the head coach for that play. You know why? Because we would have said they could have changed the play. Or the quarterback, he should have made a better read. Or if anything, you can blame the coach, the old offensive coordinator, and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But on that play, Pete Carroll – and Darryl Bevel gets the blame on that. That's what it, who everybody blames. They don't blame Russell. And see, the thing about it, though, the Legion of Boom, Marshawn Lynch, and all them, they blame Russell Wilson for that play. Because they know Russell Wilson had the freedom to call something else. That's why. That's why. It wasn't a situation where it's like they'll bench Russ or all that. Pete Carroll allows his allows player empowerment amongst his players. You know, Russell Wilson doesn't, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't, and Darryl Bevel doesn't call the sandlot plays, the off-the-script plays that Russell Wilson does throughout the game. And they're successful plays, but those are not scripted plays, people. All of that, you know, and people say, oh, that's because nobody's open. Yeah, people is op- are open, but – Russell Wilson is doing. He's doing his own thing out there. Russell Wilson is like Allen Iverson out there. He's freestyling. He, you just let, hike the ball and let Russell Wilson do his thing. That's what they would do, or get a ball to Marshawn. But Russell Wilson, he is great. You know, and and the thing about it is now, as Seahawks fans, we see him as an all time great for us. That's, but we're talking about people who are not Seahawks fans. They don't see him as an all-time great. For example, you see Dan Marino as an all-time great. John Elway. They didn't play for Seattle. Joe Montana. Tom Brady. But he does have the opportunity to be an all-time, all-time great. He is going to have to show it and prove it. He's going to have to show it. So right now, his legacy is being questioned. So right there, the fact that it's being questioned, that means that... Because it's not being etched in stone. There's no period to no exclamation point. There's a question mark on it, and I think with a question mark on there, that leaves the opportunity for him to prove that he can be an all-time great, and I think he can, but he's going to have to start winning some Super Bowls. He has the talent around him to win a Super Bowl. He's going to have to figure it out. Don't know what he needs to do, but he's going to have to figure it the hell out. He's going to have to figure it the hell out, all right? He's going to have to figure it out. That doesn't mean he has to do it all by himself. John Elway didn't do it by himself. Had an elite running game. Had a good defense, good receivers, good tight ends. Shannon Sharp, all them good coaching. So he's going to have to figure it out. And then I think um, eventually um, Russ, Russell Wilson will be an all-time great. But yeah, right now he's not an all-time great yet. He's not an all-time great yet. He has the potential to get there. He still has the opportunity to get there. And I'm hoping he gets there, especially as a Seattle Seahawk. <laughs> now, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, um, deleted all his Cardinal stuff off social media. I don't know what that means, but I do know, um, hey, he is eligible for a contract extension and a pay raise, and and I think the young man deserves it. Um, a lot of people are saying that's not the way you do it, and all that. Well, if if in if in the end game he gets the money that he gets and the contract that he wants, then hey, that is how you do it. That is how you do it. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, he should just be like a man and go and and go to the front, storm the front office. No, what what is he supposed to do that like like he Nino Brown or something? No. What what you going to do that for? For for them to say, hey, Kyler Murray was very very confrontational. He threatened this person and stuff. No, why why would he do that? Plus, this it's still COVID people, so you don't need to get into people's faces if when you don't really have to, especially when you can get them from a distance. <laughs> okay, but um, we don't. I don't know all the conversations that was said or that's going to back and forth between him and Arizona Cardinals management. But hey, man, get your money, young bull. Get your money, man. I, hey, He has the leverage. And most people in life, when, we, when we're able to use our leverage to gain something, we use it. We use it, right? We use it. So who knows? I mean, I'm assuming that, hey, you know, he probably, he probably, it's not the first time they talked about his contract. And maybe they don't, it's a number that he wants that they're not willing, that they're not willing to to give. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Squeaky wheel gets the oil, people. Squeaky wheel gets the oil. All right, squeaky wheel gets the oil. But yeah, man, I hey shoot, I I can't get mad at Kyler Perry. I mean Kyler Kyler, Kyler Perry, Kyler Murray from trying to get that bag, man. Can't get mad at that at all, man. He was a, you know, he's you know, throughout this season, parts of the season and last season, you know, he was considered to be a MVP candidate. I'm not sure if he received any votes. But, hey, Kyler Murray is like, hey, man, time to pony up. Time to pony up. I'm heading up out here. And there are a lot of teams that will take him. A lot of teams that will take him. So I can't knock that. I can't knock that. You never say never. That's what Tom Brady said when he was asked about a potential return (laughs) to football. You never say never. And I'm going to tell you something. It makes sense. I talked about this when he retired. I said, Would he come back like Jordan wearing the 4 or 5? No, he's not going to come back like Jordan wearing the 4 or 5, but he will come back being the age of 45. So, right now, he's going to take a break. He's going to take a break. You know, family's going to go on a lot of vacations. They're going to spend a lot of time together. And he's going to come back. He's going to come back. Remember Marshawn Lynch, what, um, was retired for about a good year and a half, then came back to the um, to the Raiders, and then he retired and came back a few, for a few years and he came back to the Seahawks, all right, I'm telling you, and, and I thought he still looked good, all right, I mean, goal line, I mean, he was still running over people, all right, and he was still elusive and stuff, but see, that's the, that's the role of a running back, you know, at the age of like 30. 31, 32-ish, Marshawn Lynch, you know, he still wasn't the same beast mode in his 20s, but still, you got to respect that that was beast mode. I don't care if beast mode is 50, you got to respect that. It's just like Mike Tyson. I don't care, Mike Tyson is 177 years old. You got to respect the power of that punch, that knockout. So the same thing with Tom Brady, man. See, with a quarterback, you don't have to be as elusive and as strong as a running back, especially one like Marshawn Lynch. I see him coming back. He's going to come back. (laughs) He's not going to come back like Jordan wearing the 4-5. Instead, he's going to come back (laughs) wearing the 4-5. I mean, he's going to come back at the age of 45. Watch. I'm telling you, dude is going to come back. Dude is going to come back. And I don't know what team he's going to go to, but he's going to come back. I can see him coming back. Yeah, that's that's all I got on that. That's all I have on that for real. (laughs) So, Portland Trailblazers guard C.J. McCullough has been traded to the New Orleans Pelicans for Josh Hart and draft compensation. Oh, I'm sorry, I said, well, he's no longer the Trailblazers guard anymore. So, there's no more of that backcourt duo of Dame Dollar and C.J. McCullough. Alright, um, a lot of people felt like they should have been traded C.J. McCullough from this team. Um, I don't know. I mean, they... Like I think with that duo, they they maxed out what they could possible could they have possibly have been. Like I think 2018 was like the the max for them. Like they got to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors, and the Warriors had let me see Kevin Durant was hurt, and so you had a situation where you had Dame and C J in their backcourt versus um, Clay Thompson and. Steph Curry, I should have just said the Splash Brothers. You know what I'm saying? I just like if you watch wrestling tag team, you know, you don't say Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, you just say the Hardy Boys. Or you don't say um you know, Bubba Dudley and Devon Dudley, you just say the Dudley Boys, right? So, you know, but yeah, that so that once they got swept right there by the Warriors without Kevin Durant, that was the max that was about as the furthest you could get with that duo. You know, and they had some good memories, some good times, and stuff, right? But um, um, the trade deadline is Thursday, so I'm not sure who's going to um. Hmm, I'm not sure who's going to um. Like because you know because the Portland they they just they traded um um Robert Covington and Powell, and they received Eric Bledsoe from the Clippers, so. I, I'm not sure what's the what what they're about to do in Portland or what they're about to do in New Orleans, but that's that's the the latest trade update so far. I know Thursday is going to be like off. It's going to be very very chaotic, right? You got Super Bowl talk and you got you know Radio Row Super Bowl week and you got the NBA trade trade deadline. So we'll see what's going to happen with that. Man, that's huh. I wonder how Dame Dollar feels about that. Hmm. We'll have to figure that out on a different day. Once again, thank you all for tuning in to Student at the Game Podcast. Peace out.